It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about us. It's about all of us, community. It's how you make people feel. And from like the purest sense of a child and that new person that has the most potential to be confused or feeling alone or on the outside, I want everyone to feel so very welcomed and seen. Hello, thank you so much for tuning in to the Active Ingredient Podcast. I am your host, Sophie Wheel, and I am a deeply curious person on my own personal journey of self-discovery and personal growth. This is a podcast all about the journey and figuring out what makes us come alive and prioritizing whatever that is every single day. When I started the podcast over two years ago, I thought that I would get the answers externally. And the more conversations I had and the more work that I did on myself the more I realize that every single answer and all of the truths lie within and in the silence. I know that may sound a bit overwhelming, which is why my mission is to have candid conversations with relatable humans who I feel have truly come alive and get really clear about how they've come home to themselves, as well as share my own discoveries along the way. Welcome to Active Ingredient. My biggest wish for you is that you feel alive and that you tap into your active ingredient every single day. Hello, welcome back to Active Ingredient. We have a guest interview this week. And before I get into this week's guest, who I feel like you guys are going to be obsessed with, just wanted to say hi. And that honestly, I have been feeling just a little off these days. I don't know what's going on with me, but I've just been feeling a little bit kind of like off center, if that makes sense just like it's getting harder for me to just like stay consistent with one thing. I feel like there's just too many things. I'm having a hard time just choosing the one and going for it. And I wanted to just share that because I feel like so many times we just see people like going, going, going and not really understanding that there is periods where this happens. And I'm in one of those periods right now. And I'm also just constantly trying to remind myself that this too will pass. It's all ebbs and flows. And just because right now I'm feeling just like a little bit off doesn't mean that I am not going to come out the other side with some clarity as I always do. That's the honest checkpoint with me. And I was just in New York for a client event. I was only there for uh, four days and it really just reinvigorated in me, like what it's like to be in a room with people that are truly living in their passion and in their purpose, man, it really was just so nice to be in that environment surrounded by so many like-minded people. And in the city, it just felt like, I don't know, like I felt like a really intense moment of gratitude that day, which is why I'm a little bit confused as to why I'm feeling like this, which like, I'm also just like, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you just feel off just because you feel off with no other explanation. So, but yeah, I was in New York for that. And then I spent a few days just working from the city, really enjoyed it. It just felt really nice to have a few days by myself and just focus to the best of my ability, even though right now I'm feeling a little bit scattered. Anyway, the guest of this week's episode is Samantha Jade, who I feel like some of you guys might know her um, who listen, because when I posted my story recording this podcast a few weeks ago, I got so many DMs from people being like, oh my God, I love her so much. She's the best. She really is the best. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Sam is the founder of the Buy SJ Method, an app. And for those of you in New York, she teaches in-person classes. She's also a soul cycle instructor. She is the mom to the cutest cutie patootie perfection Lily. And she's just an overall massive inspiration to me and so many others because she keeps it so freaking real. I just, I, it's really refreshing to be around her. And I feel like you guys are going to really, really enjoy this. So on this episode, which honestly, I feel like we're going to need a few other ones because we barely scratched the surface. And there are so many layers to Sam's story that I know that I feel like you guys would be obsessed with. So Sam, we're going to need a part one, two, three, maybe four. But on this week's episode, we get into Sam's journey in the fitness world, the injury that forced her to slow down and reevaluate every single part of her life, including having broken off an engagement, 
why she chooses to share her struggles publicly and the importance of not attaching your identity to work, which you guys know I talk about a lot, but for her especially, I thought it was really interesting because her brand is literally by SJ by Samantha. So it's like her name and she still is very, very, like she really preaches that, like to not attach yourself so much so that like you don't put yourself first if you're if you're attaching your identity to work. So with all of that, Sam, thank you so much for coming on and welcome to the show. Sam, thank you so much for being in studio. I'm really excited to get into your story, into everything. I feel like there's so many ways that this podcast can go, but I'm really just excited to get into it with you. Hi, Sophie. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here and I can't wait to talk about all of the things and with you especially it's nice to get to see you again i'm happy you're back in town it feels so good to be here i feel like that last time when we saw each other in person last it was the most beautiful day and today is too do you remember yes it was gorgeous out but now we're inside but (laughs) we should try to figure out a way that we can do gotham podcasting outside yeah that would be lovely especially like right now it's like blooming out nice and sunny vibes we needed it Okay, so I kick off every show asking the guests what they were like as a kid that they remember. Mm. So I don't know if you have like qualities that you know you were like, or maybe your family has reminded you of what you were like. And have you kept those qualities throughout your whole life? As far as qualities, I think I've always been like super loving and attentive and affectionate. But personality wise, I've kind of been the same, same, but different. I was very shy and quiet as a kid. And even though in my real life, I'm very shy and quiet in my work life, I am very extroverted. So real Sam is totally introverted. Work Sam is totally extroverted. I feel like you're a person who's created a brand that's like very authentic. Yes. (laughs) And like... I'm curious, how have you built that following or like that authenticity when those two things are totally opposite? And I do believe that both things exist. I'm the exact same way, by the way. (laughs) But like, how do you do that? Do you have like an active practice of like being on and then being Sam? I do. I actually do. And I have spoken about this with my family and closest friends and even people that I work with, like clients and whatnot, everyone really knows that at work I am really, really on. But when I leave work, I kind of recluse back into myself. It's just my way of recharging. And in my family, like they get that. Like my phone, when I am home, it is not by me. I am not checking. I am not scrolling. I am not looking. My time of doing like ask me anythings or being real present on socials, whatnot for work is like when I have that half hour late at night when I'm like kind of just relaxing before bed and just wanting to reconnect with other stuff outside of home. But really, when I'm at home and with family or friends, I am just recharging in a way. I'm allowed to be quiet. So you, you do think that your real self, though, like in your soul, your authentic Sam soul, like you're quiet, like not allowed out there. Yeah, I'm just... I, think, yeah, I don't even know that I would say that your brand is like loud. It's like quiet and respectful and purposeful and intentional. So yeah. when... Uh, class moments get big or movements get bigger. It's like you're connecting it to breath and movement. So you just look to feel a little more. So instead of parts of my work self at Soul Cycle, so to say, is vibey in the sense of like, go, go, go. But that's really at the point of my life that I'm in something I'm shifting away from coming more towards my authentic self weaving that into everything, which is a much more chill and relaxed vibe. So even at work, in my extroverted self, I'm very relaxed and calm. And I think I get my point across, which is just to help people feel a little bit better and a little more at home. So I asked the question for every guest because I found that this podcast really always, it started with the intention of helping people find that authentic voice in themselves, like the Mm -hmm. truest version of themselves living in full alignment and wholeheartedness and truth, right? And I've found 
with so many interviews that I've done that a lot of times the journey is like you're a certain way. Like this is how you were like born. Mm -hmm. Your innate qualities are X. Then we learn what is validated, what is societally accepted, what is cool, what gets you the job. And then we change our personalities or we change the way in which we function in this world in order to fit what we think is going to help us survive. And Uh, then you have a moment of awareness and the people that I interview are people that I genuinely in my soul feel have found or they're on the path to finding their truest authentic self, but they have a moment of recognizing that's not really who I am. And it's an unlearning of all this shit to come back to the authentic childlike version of themselves. So a lot of the times that I've had people on the show, they are who they are. There's confusion and then they come back. I couldn't agree more. And I just love every single thing that just came out of your mouth. My God, I was just (laughs) nodding my head the whole time and just excited with every last bit you said, because it's so true. My journey really encapsulates so much of that. I started everything out by going to undergrad for psychology. Then I went to grad school for marriage and family therapy. I was practicing therapy for a few years and getting kind of run down, burnt out. You were an active therapist? I didn't know this. Yes. Wow. And I was doing my training hours like for licensure and whatnot after school. And I loved it and I felt very connected to it, but I brought it home with me every day. And you can't do that. And it was affecting my personal life, my relationships. I would go to bed every night thinking about it. But that's the fear, by the way, that I had, because I'm a psych, my bachelor's is in psychology also. And I didn't go with that route because I had that feeling or that knowing within myself that I couldn't separate it. Now I think that I would probably have more discerning power to be able to, but like right out of college, I didn't. And I think a lot of people have that fear. So it's, it's interesting to know that that actually does happen. Like you can't separate I had been practicing for two years after grad school, and I just really felt my personal relationships were taking a hit from it. I was doing couples and family therapy, and the relationship I was in, I was almost becoming just a different version of myself because of things that I was learning in grad school and things that I was practicing in therapy. Like what, for example? You get very detailed in questionings and patterns of questionings of what you're learning about in school and how you implement therapy. And then each conversation you could have with your partner at home, you could start just thinking, am I mirroring this properly? Am I reflecting their feelings right? Am I hearing them? Am I seeing them? It's almost like you don't want to be thinking about that stuff. And the wheels were turning at all times. And I don't want that when I go home. When I go home, I I want to feel cozy and relaxed. And my thoughts were taking over and an anxious person to begin with. It just, it didn't fit as much as I felt connected to helping people. It wasn't the right kind vehicle. of, yeah. The right vehicle to do it in. Totally. And then I was walking around NoHo one day and the NoHo Soul Cycle Studio opened up and I walked in there and they convinced me to take a class and I'm like, I cannot do cardio. I <laughs> cannot ride a bike for 45 minutes. This sounds insane. They were pitching this instructor, Rike, to me and I didn't end up going with Rike. I went with Stevie a one o'clock class during the week. They told me it would be more quiet and intimate. So that's the one I decided to go with. And within the third song of riding, I was like, holy shit, I'm doing this. I felt so strong. And this badass instructor was in front and she was all tatted up and dreads and gorgeous blue eyes and dark skin. She was just this picture of something that I was like, what is this in front of me? And I just believed her. I believed everything she said. And she was telling me I could do this, telling me I could hold this run, really believing in me. And I felt seen and heard. And I just fell in love with what Soul Cycle was and became an avid rider several times a week. While practicing psychology? While practicing psychology. Wasn't even thinking about becoming an instructor at all. And 
just out of the blue, an instructor, Marvin, who is dating another instructor, Parker at the time, had reached out to me and asked if I had thought of being an instructor. And I'm like, oh my God, me? Stop. Because <laughs> me? Star student in class? Yeah, like, That's never oh happened to me. I've gone to many soul cycle classes. You've noticed me? <laughs> but truly, I was the girl that on a Christmas Eve ride. But anyway. But you were the girl that was there on holiday full I was, outfit. Full. I was that girl. So I'm like, dead. I know all of the versions of soul cycle from the riders and whatnot, but... I was a writer for around a year and then I auditioned to instruct and I did not get it on the first round. I tried again and I got it. And that's through the first round of auditions. What year was this? This was, I believe, 2013. Oh, wow. It might have been the end of 2012, if I'm not mistaken. It was... Oh my God. I thought you were going to say like 2017. No, it was 2013. Wow. Yeah. So you did the first audition, didn't get it. Second. Didn't get it. Second, I got it. And that's the first round of auditions. The first round of auditions is you ride and teach a mock class, a couple of songs. And then after that, it's they have you sit. <laughs> well, at least in my timing of how the auditions yeah. were, they put one chair on one side of the room and there's like 10 people on another side and they're all lined up. And at the time, it's all of the master instructors of the company and they're lined up one seat after another and just the one chair (laughs) at the other side of the room. And they all just start like asking you intense questions. It was very intense. And it's also like... You feel like your dream is sitting right there in front of you. But remember, I was so, so super young at the time too, like fresh out of finishing grad school. And I say super young because now I've been with the company for almost nine years. So it's a lot has happened since then. Anyway, let's I'm 34 now, just to put it into yeah, perspective, yeah. I was a lot younger back then and impressionable and as much as we'd like to say, a lot of the soul cycle stuff isn't ego driven. How can you really separate from the ego at like a time when you're so young and impressionable and really looking to impress a lineup of people in front of you? Mm-hmm. So I remember being asked a lot of big questions. I was actually engaged at the time, not to the person I am currently married to, just to be clear. So I remember I was engaged. One of the questions was like, would I put this ahead of any of the stuff going on in my personal life? And I just remember feeling like glances were happening at my ring and at each other and really wanting to test my loyalty. And at the time I said, 100%, I am in. That question did not age well. (laughs) That question would not fly this year. I can no, tell you that much. it wouldn't. But at the time, it was honestly true. I remember how that question made me feel at the time. I'll never forget how it made me feel. But it was true. I was willing to put my career in front of everything. That's what I did. I think there was... Another question that kind of made me laugh. It was the other question that has stuck with me. The other question was referencing that I had worked in therapy before. One of the instructors had said that a lot of times at Soul Cycle things get very, very heavy. And would I be able to handle it given I wasn't really able to handle being a therapist? Wow. It's like if anyone can handle it, it's you. You're literally a trained. Yeah. And I was, again, I'm a very chill kind of person. So it was more like, yeah, same, same, but different. You don't want to piss anyone off or step on any toes by saying the wrong answer. But I remember that made me feel weird. And in hindsight, I feel bad for myself that I was so impressionable to like take that type of question. Yeah, yeah. Without being like, wait, what? Yeah. Because it, I mean, hindsight's also 2020 and it's like it, a very different year, very different context. Still not a good question to ask someone like from just like a human perspective. Like, yeah. 
again, I don't think people are like malicious, you know, and I have no idea what these people were like, but like, it's just so interesting to hear the types of questions. And like, of course, like this podcast is so much about unlearning Mm -hmm. a lot of things. And it's like, no shit we have to unlearn when that is what we've experienced for so many years. And now we're in this wave of like understanding that there is priority on family and that there's priority on space and having boundaries and like boundaries is even a conversation. You know what I mean? Like very different contexts now, but no shit. We need to learn the tools to unlearn because you were in rooms like that. Absolutely. And that doesn't just go away from our psyche like that dictates a lot. So it does take active practice, active work to unlearn that pattern. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And still, just even hearing you say all of that and referencing the unlearning, I feel like the heaviness builds up in my chest because I remember moments of being in this industry that I'm in and when I started. And it really was so different than who I was at the core. It's almost like I was becoming noticed for being this new, I don't even want to be the one to say it about myself, but I was like this hot little instructor. That was my reputation. I was personality. Yes. And I would do things in class that like I would never do now. Like I would take water bottles and like spray (laughs) water everywhere. It's back in the day, it was like you were putting on a show and it really was ego-driven. And for anyone to say that getting into that field, leave your ego at the door, check it. It was such bullshit. It was such bullshit. And it still is bullshit. It is totally ego-driven. And it takes recognizing that to be able to separate your ego from it. I think a lot of us got stuck in that ego-driven place for a while and built careers off of that. And when I finally noticed that and was able to separate that and really take a look at like, what am I becoming? When did that happen? Like, how did you have that that awakening moment? So I, oh man, there's so many things that happened. I wish I could say it was after I came back from my back surgery and had some perspective after that. But no, it's almost like I still wanted to just keep proving myself. It was after I finally got promoted to senior instructor, I had just gotten to a point of like, I will not be this person. I wanted riders to really see and clients to really see who I was as a person. And it was leading up to those promotions that I finally got that message across to corporate I had fought for myself for a very long time to get the promotions that I very much so deserved. Mm -hmm. Pat on the back. I say it because I worked my ass off. Mm -hmm. And these instructors at the company, they all work their asses off. And there's no real clear timeline of when people get promotions. Mm -hmm. And so you're just working, 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 chasing something, hoping you get noticed. And finally... Right around before I got promoted to senior instructor, I was like, fuck this. Like, I will not take this anymore. There will be other types of places that will recognize this. And I started talking like that and speaking up for myself and not demanding anything anymore, not making empty threats, just saying, this is a load of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Calling it what it is. Calling it what it is. And... It's almost like that's when I got recognized. And it wasn't just to corporate. It was to riders and my community. It was what came across in my classes. It was what came across in my relationships, in my own life, family, friends, partners. What does that process look like to get to that point of like coming from that guttural place? What does that process look like to get there? Because if someone's listening and they're like, oh, and then she had that moment and she stopped giving a fuck, right? And then all of a sudden she's attracting all of these things and they want that for themselves. Like what actually happened? Like what, how long did that take? I knew 
if it was based on performance and based on numbers, I was providing exactly that. If you could look at all my classes, yeah, I was doing awesome. I was crushing it. I had been crushing it for so long. That's what it should be about, these promotions, based on numbers, what you're pulling in for a company. I was doing that. So at that point, I, I felt just silence spoke louder, and I was approaching it totally wrong in the past, kicking and screaming, getting emotional. It was almost as if they wanted from the beginning you to have this emotional connection to the company. That's what I connect back to in the interviews. They wanted us to put this ahead of everything else, which is what I did. And I wanted that. I I love my career and I treasured every single part of it. But I put it ahead of a lot. And it caused a lot of bad things to happen too. A lot of sacrifice on my end. So when I realized my worth by just taking the emotion out of it, taking a step back and really looking, okay, stop being this emotional person because they're not going to be emotional back with you. That's a tactic. So stop being emotional. What are you providing? I'm not just providing a service. This is my work. Numbers matter. And so I just got quiet and... So you like removed the identity. I removed the identity from it. And it was like the greatest gift I could have ever done for myself towards building a career for my future. And now it's the message that I remind myself every day that this is not about me. This has nothing to do do with me. So if I disconnect who I am from my work, then I can just be professional and compartmentalize and not mix the emotions and waves and take things personally or get upset or offended. No, it's just work. Because your brand is you, like your brand is literally by SJ, it's your name. And we've also talked about the fact that because you've been able to be in a more aligned, wholehearted place in your life, your business is doing really well. How do you kind of view this? Like showing up authentically, it's your brand, your name, and separating yourself from it not being being bigger than you, it not being about you. Like the way that you're showing up is clearly like so correlated, you know? I'm just like really curious because like I, I would want that for anyone listening. I want that for myself too. So like, how do you do that? So that's something that... I think about all the time, actually, and I talk about it with one of my best friends, this guy, Michael, who helps me so much when we talk. Just really, it's something that's important for everyone that's listening or paying attention to this to know my business has been built just by friendships and friendships that I met through the industry and clients who became real friends and really just believed in me and the brand. So Everyone that's involved in it, it's so community-based and built up like that. So Michael became one of my best friends through working the front desk at SoulCycle. And now he runs part of the studio stream at SoulCycle. And he just gets creative with me. And we go sit at the diner and talk about work stuff and life stuff. And we talk about by SJ and SJ as a person and crossing the line when the like how I merge the two and what that means and what that looks like and I guess what I found is it's still like a work in progress and each day what I remind myself is how would SJ or how do people see this person how do I see this person and if that person is really me I could show up as my true self no matter what So I show up as my true self. I share my story each day. And I find that's what people are connecting to, just storytelling almost. Like, I'm honest. I share my struggles. And instead of showing up as a picture-perfect presentation, putting on a show how I used to do, which, yeah, like, it is kick-ass, I'm sure, to go to that instructor But at the same time, there are nights that I have a baby now. I 
don't get sleep so often, but I still show up to work and give a kick-ass class, but I share parts of the journey. I share parts of the fact that my daughter is teething and chewing on her crib and just needed to be held all night or sleep in my bed. Or I got into a really bad fight with my husband and I'm probably not the only one. Definitely not. So I kind of do get personal in my in real life classes or on my app and I share these things. And on socials, I'm kind of more quiet and reserved and I don't post as much as I'd love to. And I think it would probably be so beneficial for me. But with my community-based type of style, it feels so intimate and cozy being able to share and connect and have everyone feel like they really know me because that's really what it is. I want my people to feel like they are my best friends because they really are. Right. They really are like showing up to work each day. It's a gift. It's like I have the best time because I feel like I'm just kicking it with my friends. They know me for me. So I show up as me. I let my hair down. I don't have to look perfect in the morning. I don't have to present myself in any other way other than what I am. And that's how I want each person that comes to me to feel. And you find that like showing up in this way versus the persona or the personality that you were doing previously at SoulCycle, like have you been finding more success? This way. Yeah. I mean, it's different. It's totally And also like, what do you define as success, right? It's totally different. I've made so many connections along the way through SoulCycle that will last me a lifetime, but I definitely shifted what type of instructor I became. And I think anyone at the company that had known my class would say that for sure. But I loved the journey and it was necessary. I also feel like just generally, like you from like what I know of your story, like you've had everyone I think has a sad in return, but like you had kind of like this moment of like you were at the almost life, the almost it type of existence where you were engaged, you were in a quote unquote great job, career, things were moving, but something didn't feel like it entirely clicked. I'm curious as to if that had to do with the fact that you were living kind of like this personality of everything being perfect, but like not really opening up or like not really being in wholeheartedness, I guess. Talk to me about that transition. And I say this also, like, let's let's say it with the intention of someone listening that may be in kind of like that almost it life. When everything happened that you're referring to, we're talking about Soul cycle. Everything was going great with Soul Cycle. I was in an engagement with an ex, a perfect person, if anything, literally one of the greatest people I've ever met. I felt great. I felt confused, though. I remember telling you I would walk around feeling like, what's wrong? Like, what, what do I need or what do I want? And I couldn't figure it out. But what I was looking to describe is exactly what the word is, a void. You're feeling a void. I'm, I have this pit that I can't figure out what it is. I was carrying a lot of stress and tension and confusion. And like I said before, I was putting my work entirely first. Mm-hmm. I was teaching 20-something soul cycle classes a week, riding the bike for every class, 6 a.m., 8 a.m., down to 8.30 p.m., 9.30 p.m. at the time barely sleeping, not eating properly. At the time, I was eating like gluten-free cupcakes because I had celiac disease and was just needing some sugar before class. And just the diet was pitiful. The sleep was pitiful. And this is where I started to really learn about the whole mind-body connection and how Mm -hmm. to fuel yourself and feed yourself is everything. I was young. I was really just running my body down, running my mind down. And at this time, I injured myself so badly in a soul cycle class. My body was just overworked and run down and it happened in the class. I woke up the next day and I couldn't lift my chest up. I was fully bent in half. So I was at that 90 degree kind of angle with your chest facing the ground and your legs standing. 
And I was nearly paralyzed, couldn't stand. And the pain was unbearable. I felt like I was walking on glass and I couldn't go shower on my own. I couldn't go to the bathroom on my own. I had to completely surrender in my body and just be helpless. And at the time, like I was coming from the rush of becoming this new instructor and I was selling out these 8.30 PMs and just introduced 9.30 PMs and was having the time of my life splashing water and getting all crazy and really not training my body properly, not fueling myself properly, not really being honest with myself in figuring out what the fuck are you doing? Like, what's going on? Like, take a pause. And my body just jolted, felt like it got hit by lightning. And I was taken out. I had to get an emergency spine surgery. I could not walk or do anything for months. I was completely bedridden. And just having that time to heal and process. And at the same time, my fiance moved to Florida. And just we naturally drifted apart. We started living separate lives. He started a new work venture out there. As I started to heal back in New York... I had no interest in going to Florida. I wanted so badly to just get back to my job at SoulCycle. It was all I dreamed about while I was hurt. The type of depression that takes over while you're injured is unlike anything they prepare you for because you only think about the physical end of it at first. And then you're just thinking of, okay, well, when can I get back to my next class? Is it in a week or two? And you think even just hearing a month is a long time, like take it easy for a month. And you think that's a while, like how about six months? And how about that's your career? Like I was taken out, like right when I felt like I finally was seeing the light of day out of training and teaching the classes and getting my foot in the door. I needed to take a pause, take a beat. The universe definitely the universe. intervened. Oh my gosh. And if I didn't believe in it, then my God, do I do now. <laughs> Insane. And yeah, so over that time, all I wanted to do was get back to Soul Cycle. The doctors told me I would never be able to do it. I should be lucky if I walk again. But I retrained my body. I retrained my mind. I retrained my spirit. And I brought back... How? What tools? Like the calm that I've always had, which originally brought me to grad school, to really excelling in patience and communication and presence and authenticity. And I really had time to just humble myself take a beat and really think about connection with your body and really think about how can I make my work life everything I ever dreamed of, but something bigger and better and so much more purposeful, not just for me, but for everyone that I could ever come into contact with, not just put on a show, but be human with them, connect to them because that's what life is all about. That's what the journey is all about. That's what we remember. I remember my interview at Soul Cycle, and even those questions connected me to certain people because I think about why did that person ask me that question? And I even have chills right now thinking about the specific people that asked the certain questions because they're actually some of my closest people at this point in my life. And it almost hurts me in a way to think about what they had to have gone through to have felt the way they did to ask me that question in a way that could have or maybe presented itself as a hazing kind of thing. I care for those people, but a lot of us have been through certain stuff and have conformed to certain things and have built careers in murky-ish waters. Mm -hmm. So seeing... I don't know. I'm rambling. No, I'm you're rambling. not rambling. <laughs> I think, no, at all. Zero percent. I think that it's so true. And that awareness, though, like the, the fact that you're e able to even see that through a lens of having like s someone that's in your life now, but that had hurt you at that level that like really 
entered your psyche at that level. I'm sure that those types of questions and that type of showing up and performance level is what led to your injury to still have that level of love and care. Like it just shows to me how deeply you care about people. Like if you're able to understand that a person that's asking that question is because they have gone through something, not to say that you want to like let people ask these types of questions and get away with it. But I'm saying like you have a level of empathy that you understand and you see it. I think that that's super valid and important. Those people are like my closest people and the people that I connected with because I, I'll never forget those questions. I'll never forget the look in their eye or the body language or And I'm sure also that now, like, because we're mirrors of each other. So like, if you're in that room with them, like there was on some level, there was mirroring happening. And then now at the level of evolution that you've gotten to, there has to be some level of mirroring there too, that their evolution is equal to your evolution. Absolutely. They saw themselves in me. And at the time, I like loved that. I loved that we could connect in a certain way. But now I look back and I, I still love it. But I see it entirely differently. Mm -hmm. I see it completely differently. Then I thought I was like joining a club. Like, are you in this? (laughs) And now I'm like, man, like she must have really given up on her relationship. Or she really chose to let go of her relationship. Or she really valued her job so much rather instead of, I don't want to say she gave up. She didn't have the worth. For whatever reason, she put this in front of everything else. And that's okay. Like we've all been there, Mm -hmm. but balance is everything. What has this whole thing taught you about relationship to work in general? Speaking as someone who now like your personal life is very involved with your, with your career. So to finish off with what we just said, like my relationship, my last engagement had ended and I came out of my injury and came back to soul cycle and it was around that time leading up to getting my promotion where i was teaching full time again riding the bike and i'm like selling out classes and i'm like why am i not getting promoted i have been through so much and i realized i am getting too damn emotional and that's when i was like this is not about me my relationship had ended But on that note, I never took weekends off until this year. I'm 34. I never took weekends off. My family has a house out east, and I don't know what it's like to go to the Hamptons for a weekend because I never went. And that's not a terrible thing. I built a career off of it. But I had to defend that a lot along the way to my parents of like, why are we not seeing you ever? And I wanted to go, or why can't you just teach down the block at the studio Mm -hmm. over here? And I have to explain, well, programming this, programming that, like it's not as easy as it seems. And fitness is its own breed, just like every other career. Mm -hmm. So it takes understanding of schedule. Totally. But anyway, so now I feel like I have a really, really healthy work relationship balance because of how much I did it like wrong in the past. I hated that I never took weekends for myself. I hated that I felt guilty to even ask to use vacation time. And that's an emotional way of thinking about it. We need weekends off. (laughs) We need rest. We need rest. Especially as a trainer. You're physically, yes. We need rest, not just one day. We need two days. More. We need more. (laughs) We need three-day weekends. We need that rest. And if you're not getting that rest, why? Why are you not? If you look into the science behind, like the type of rest you need and the type of food you need and things like that, that really fuel us in a certain way. And like, we really just ask ourselves, why aren't we doing these things? It's only you responsible for the answers. Like you can't blame anyone but yourself. So if I took the emotion out of it, I start owning who I am and owning what I say yes to. That's my God-given fucking right. Why was I not? owning that for so long. Why didn't anyone empower me? Because I had to empower myself. 
No one's going to empower you. No one's going to hand you a magic wand and be like, here, you are a godsend to this company. You've done the magic. Here is your magic stick. Thank you. No, you have to recognize your own power. Know what you bring to the table. Find the people that recognize it. And if they don't, move it along. I got angry about a lot of stuff. It didn't serve me. I realized it. I spoke about it politely, quietly, but kindly and got my point across. I got my promotion. What happened a couple of months, if not maybe a year later? I don't want to like toot my own horn about this, but I got promoted to master instructor literally like five minutes after becoming a senior instructor. Because I just kept Let my go. blinders on, stayed in my own damn lane. I didn't care about anything else other than my career, my family, and just feeling settled and happy. I didn't worry about what is programming going to think if I take a weekend off. They're probably not going to care as much as I think. They'll find someone else to sub the classes. So a happier me is a happier everyone else. And look at how much more fruitful it is. So fruitful. And it's something that so many of us don't realize. Like we could be walking down the street wondering, why am I not happy? I'm engaged. Why am I not happy? I have the perfect partner. I have the perfect job. Why am I not happy? It could be as simple as you're not sleeping enough. You could be not fueling your body properly or drinking enough water. Or it could be real life things like Not that those aren't real life things. They are, but those are easy fixes. They could be the bigger picture things that only you see, feel, and know. Your family could think you have the perfect partner, but in your gut, is it your best friend? Is it companionship? Is it, what is it? Ask yourself the questions, like look deep and don't be afraid to feel the feels and come out of the other side because painful experiences like it's short oh in comparison it's short in comparison to the life Uh, of the almost uh, or the life of like the someone else's dream my god so before we wrap i do want to know what is one piece of advice straight and simple something that either someone told you or something that you tell yourself or that you would want your daughter to know if they're in a place where they want to live in alignment and wholeness in back to their younger active ingredient, like quality self, what would that be? Something I've been thinking a lot about lately is exactly what you just said, what I would want for my daughter, how I would want my daughter to be treated, how I would want my daughter to feel. So I've been living with that in my headspace always. How would my daughter view me with these decisions? How would I be looked at by her through her eyes? I want to do everything in the perspective almost that the most pure, innocent version of someone from a child's perspective or someone that just walks into the room, just meets you for the first time, is taking your class for the first time, whether they are just meeting me in a social setting or in a work setting, whatever it is, I want this person to be feeling seen, felt, heard, and loved and welcomed. I think that has been the most important lesson I've learned along the way is really like the theme of what we spoke about is it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about us. It's about all of us, community. It's how you make people feel. And from like the purest sense of a child and that new person that has the most potential to be confused or feeling alone or or, On the outside, I want everyone to feel so very welcomed and seen. So I want people to feel more comfortable making eye contact or a smile at one another because things like that might seem awkward and weird, but they make someone else's day. And that kind of energy could really pass from one person to the next. It's like a boomerang. It comes right back to you. Oh my God, right back to you. I love that. I love, I, I have been thinking about that a lot lately of like, If you can see any person, especially like the people that either agitate you more or whatever, but if you can actually see them as kids, as Mm -hmm. like, we all are just like walking children that are like in adult bodies, but like we are, if we can look at ourselves through innocent eyes, 
the level of compassion and empathy that we can have towards each other, even if someone is completely rude and you see them as a kid who's hurt, you're a child who is hurt. That is the exact idea that has really helped me and my husband so much is just really looking at each other in the child sense of how did you grow up? Like, how did it feel this way for you? Because that type of empathy, my goodness, can it's, really change your relationship. It literally, it people. moves mountains. It moves, moves mountains for mountains. things that you think that are the pattern that you can't break or just things that you think that they, it can't be any other way. When you, when you look at it through that lens of like, we all came by everything, honestly, we all Absolutely. came by everything naively and like we coped in different ways and just seeing it through that lens of like, we're all just kids. Like makes what, such a difference. Why, why are you responding this way? Like I, I don't respond this way. So I'm curious. It's like push the emotion aside because the emotion, it shouldn't be this personal thing with any of the things. Even a kid having a tantrum, you got to hug the kid. The kid is trying to express themselves. They just they don't, don't know, know how. how. When I would freak out and scream about why am I not getting a promotion and crying? Like, where was that getting me? I was really just a child looking to get my way, fighting to be heard. I had back surgery. I had this, I had that. I wasn't feeling seen. I wanted someone to feel like they knew what I was going through. Like I wanted a hug. I wanted a hug, but sometimes you have to be that person for yourself, hug yourself, own yourself. Always have to be that person for yourself. Always. always. And and surround yourself with people that can do that too. But yes. first and foremost, always be the person that can do that for yourself because then you'll have the capacity to do it for someone else. Absolutely. Oh, this has been amazing. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. Thank this you has so been much. honestly like I, I want more, more and more. I say this to every guest because I fucking love every guest that I have on, but I really do think that we're going to need to do another part to this. But I where know. can people find you? I subscribe to your by SJ. Oh, I do. I actually I love you. No, I, I did a workout with weights and then I also did one of your guided meditations and I loved it. Loved it. Moving so, in your body. Yes. Love it. So you could find me in real life at Three Form Studio. I teach there a couple of times a week and I do classes. I do privates. I do little pods of like three or four people, which is like really cute and intimate and fun and so good at friendship building. <laughs> and I also have my app, which is my baby and my pride and joy. And it's called Buy SJ at the App Store. And if you DM either one of us, I could give you a little gift code for a couple Ooh, months free or something. I would I love, love to that. give that to Let's anyone. Do that. That I work. am like a full paying member and like I really, really recommend it. I think that you have, the there's few people that I think have platforms that have an energy. Like I think Melissa Wood Health does really well. Like her workouts are, are good. Like they're fine. But like, I think it's the energy yeah. that she brings to the table. And I get not the same at like, you have obviously you're different people. You have different energies, but like an energy that I am like fully attracted to that. Mm -hmm. It's like, you just want to be around that. It's calm. It's grounded. It's centered. And like, I, I mean, I just really enjoy the way that you move on the app. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah. So everything that I had been through had brought me here, the back stuff, the relationships, I'm yeah. in a happy place and I'm happy to share it with you and whoever else is willing to yeah. join us. I love part it. Of our community. So. I love it. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Thank you. This is amazing. You. Thank you so much for making it all the way to the end of the episode. You have no idea how much it means to me. And I really do hope that you left this conversation feeling lighter, more in tune, and with some tools to apply to your own life. Please feel free to reach out to me via DM on Instagram. I would absolutely love that, which I have linked in the show notes on any feedback or guests that you want to have on. And if you do have a second, I would really appreciate you giving the podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts and a quick review. It really helps getting the podcast in front of more people like you. See you next week.